Hi guys, it's Tabs from the Superpower Podcast and we are on our second season. Yes, you heard right. This is season two where we get to interview some amazing, powerful, strong, ambitious women on this channel, man. We get to learn about their incredible journeys and, and what the future holds. So make sure you check out our podcast. It will be dropping every two weeks, Monday morning, 7 a.m. sharp, wherever you consume it. Google, Spotify, NKFM, Apple Podcasts, we will be there. So make sure you guys check it out and get to learn from these incredible ladies. See you soon. What's up, everyone? It's Tebs, and you're listening to the Superpower Podcast. My guest this week is Didintle Mukonutu. She is a certified financial planner and the 2020 FPI Diversity and Inclusion Award winner with an advanced CFP in investment planning. With a passion for technology and digital transformation within the financial planning space, she is currently working as a strategic enablement manager. Okay, she has to tell me what all that is all about for Astute Embassy, which is a data exchange fintech that operates in the center of financial planning. She also plays a part in her industry and its transformation and has volunteered for two and a half years as a committee member within the Association of Black Investment Securities Professionals, better known as APSIP, Young Professionals Chapter. And she is also currently serving as chairperson of the FPI Practice Management Committee. So, so she's she's really busy. <laughs> in 2020, she launched Didentless Insights Trading as Yellow Block, which is a financial literacy company focused on educating people and making them more financial savvy. In 2021, she, with her friend Amanda John, she launched Lean In Woman, which is a women's forum in financial planning um, to build and develop each other. And in her spare time, when she's not financial planning and trying to transform the industry, she plays golf and she is in the pipelines of developing her own female golf clothing brand. Jeez. Yeah. Didi. <laughs> I'm reading that. I'm also like my head is spinning. <laughs> it's, it's actually fantastic. You know, like when I was coming up with like who can be who I can interview for the next season. I was like, who's actually like doing the most in the industry? And and, and I was like, I know Didi won some award sometime, somewhere. <laughs> and I know she's doing a lot. But when I got your full bio, I was like, wow, impressive. I'm, I'm super impressed. How are you? I'm good, Debs. I'm good. How are you doing? Good. I'm good. Yeah. So, so, so maybe for the, for the listeners um, and for the people who are wondering who Didi is and how she has all the time to do all these amazing things that she's doing, just give us a brief background about yourself, mm. you know, where you grew up, um, just so people can get to know you a bit better. Sure. Debs, thank you for that intro. Um, I think, you know, when, when you're doing the work, you don't actually realize how much you have on your plate until someone articulates it like that. So now you've made me think. But um, hi to all the listeners. Um, so I'm I'm a Pretoria girl, born and bred. I, I literally, you know, went to Pretoria High School for Girls, primary school there, and then I went to the University of Johannesburg. So I've been in Gauteng most of my life. Um, so... 
I think, you know, how my career started was in high school, I was getting distinctions in accounting. And then the natural thing, my parents, was they said, okay, how about you become a chartered accountant, you know? Of course, that's what all our parents say. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's either become a doctor, a lawyer, a CA, it's it's in the same pool. So they said, "Ah, study BCom accounting. And, And I also just went with it. Really, I didn't really put much thought into it. Um, and so I went to UJ and I did become accounting with the Im- ambition of being a CA, but I promise oh. you, Debs, like after first year, um, I could not see myself doing auditing. I really, I was, I was just like, this is so monotonous and I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so then I, I sat my parents down and I said, look, there's another degree called become finance. I won't have to repeat my first year. Can I do that? It had investments, it you know, had financial planning. And and mm. they, their reasoning was look, if we don't have to pay extra and you don't have to repeat, um, then go for it. Then it's fine. Okay. Okay. Those are very understanding parents. Wow. <laughs> Kudos to them. Because the average would be like, no, what are you doing? We want our CA. We want sure. our CA. so 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 sure, you didn't want to do auditing. What made you then consider I guess, financial planning, investments in varsity? Like, were you, did you have friends who were doing the course? Like, how did you know that you wanted to then switch to this course? Sure. I think I just, so I understand how my parents are and I knew that they would be comfortable with me doing something where they wouldn't have to pay extra and I wouldn't lose a year as well. So I just looked at Mm -hmm. the different options and investments for me stood out. I mean, you know, you're watching t- the news and then you see that, you know, the markets are going up and down and all of that. And it really intrigued me, you know, people's money is going into this thing called the markets and what happens to it. So I just wanted to learn a little bit more about that and and see where it would take me. Okay. And then once you, you, you switched, was it something that um, interested you? You actually thought you, you then made the right decision and you, you haven't looked back because clearly you're in the industry now. <laughs> <laughs> I am well in the industry. I'm entrenched into it. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't have any regrets about doing it. There was always this little bag inside of me that wanted to do marketing, but um. I, I sort of went with the flow and I, I think my career has progressed in a way that I can I, I am sort of Im- implementing some marketing skills because I'm in business development um, and and I'm, I'm I'm in sales so you you are using some marketing skills I think it's, it's mm. important like if you find yourself on a certain route understand that you don't have to start from zero you can sort of pivot your career and and figure things out and find a new journey you know. Okay. So I'm, I'm very happy with the, the decision that I made. Okay, cool. Okay, so so smooth sailing in, in varsity, I'm assuming, right? Um, and now it's time to face the work world. So you graduate. It's amazing. Your parents celebrate that, yes, you made it through. Um, how, was, how was then your journey into um, finding work? Did you find it easy or did you struggle and... Um, yeah, what has your, I guess, your career been like for you? Um, so it wasn't easy. So my when I when I graduated in my honors year, 
um, I tried to apply to the big companies, you know, the big brands, and no one was responding. And I, I had quite decent marks, I, I assumed, you know, but no one was, you know, even calling me for an interview. So then I um, got got a hold of an agent's contact, and then he he helped me apply for a smaller company that was basically doing everything. That were, when I say they were doing everything. They were doing everything. They would get <laughs> a tender to supply medical supplies. They had a tender to to do track. Oh wow! Everything that is everything. You know yeah. what I mean. So they were just like, if there's an opportunity, we will apply for it. Exactly. So I mean, my my title was financial assistant. That was my title, but I found myself doing logistics and auditing, and you know medical things so it was just crazy um, <laughs> I was there for a year but I'll, I'll tell you I learned a lot about myself and and also just how to conduct yourself in a work environment because um, they gave me so much responsibilities there was about five of us in the company and they just like threw me in there and they said look do this thing this is your project run with it um, as a graduate, that's a lot. Wow, <laughs> that is a lot. But it's also good. I think it, it also stretched you and it probably challenged you in ways that you you use those skills even up till today. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And it, it also helped me realize that um, if you are going to go into business and you're going to be an entrepreneur, you kind of have to focus, have a focus. You know, you it's so hard to to run a business when you're all over the place. Really figure out what is your niche, you know, what is your value proposition um, and, and grow in that sphere because you'll always, if you don't do that, you'll be a jack of all trades, master of none, and you're just always mm. chasing something, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, but you said you've only spent a year at that place. So mm. um, did you have like itchy feet and you were still wanting to get into the industry and not just being a, I guess, jack of all trades, like you, you, you've mentioned now. Yeah, no, I had itchy feet. Um, I wanted to use my degree. Um, I really wanted to get into financial planning because I'd, I actually did my CFP in, in my honors year. So I did it before I even had work experience. So I wanted, wow. to get, yeah, I wanted to get into the space and really understand like, what is this Thing that I've studied, you know, you write a board exam and you're not even practically doing the work. So, sure. yeah, I, I needed to get into the space. So that's that's how I ended up at Alexander Forbes um, as a as a junior financial planner, and and that then exposed me to the whole world of financial services. You know, mm. where you see um, Deboho is an individual and she gets a salary. What happens to the salary? You know, where does it go? How does she end up being in debt? How does she recover from debt? And just all of these interesting things um, started unfolding and building my passion for the industry. Sure, sure. I, I absolutely love it. And and it's I guess financial planning is 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 very important. But maybe for the listener who's like but what does a CFP do <laughs> or, or what is financial planning? Maybe just in layman's terms, um, just basically give just like a, a, a broad summary of the work that I guess you have um, tasked your, your life's work to, I guess. Mm -hmm. mm. 
I mean, so at a high level, financial planning is really about personal finance. So as an individual, um, you sit with with someone who is qualified and has studied this, um, and they try to sort of understand what is important to you as the woho. You know what what's important. You know, do you are you married? Do you have children? You know, if if you were to die today, what would you want to happen financially for your family? So yes, mommy's not there anymore, but financially they should be in a in the same position that they would have been had mommy still been alive. You know, so yeah. let let them just you know feel the the absence of mommy like physically, but financially let them not suffer. You know, so you, yes. you, start, you start discussing these things with clients. Um, you want to coach them through their life. So, so with financial planning, um, you want to get a, a planner who is dedicated to being with you from when you become a graduate to when you, you know, start getting that increase and you start, you get married and, you know, you want them to be with you through the journey all the way to retirement. That's, that's the ideal situation. So, sure. Mm-hmm. And a certified financial plan. I mean, you've got uh, financial advisors who are who haven't written the the board exam, so they're not certified. It's it's similar to you can be an accountant but not be a CASA. Um, it's a similar mm-hmm. concept, really. Um, it's okay. just that extra layer of okay, I'd rather have you know this this person as my advisor because I know they've studied and they qualified and are accredited by the financial planning institute yeah i mean i mean that's that's so important and and i guess also for 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 our listeners um 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 knowledge um is there a, a specific age that you need to get a financial planner or a specific point in your life, like when you start working, when you've been working for like five years? And also, because there's so many, I guess, certified financial planners, how would someone know that um, this financial planner is, I guess, suited or suitable to, to them? Mm. There isn't an age. I would say if you have... A bank account and you've got money coming in and money going out consult with a financial planner because that's how the moment you are able to apply for a loan the moment you're able to um save a little bit or anything like that you might need guidance you know and also it's it's possible i mean look with with the internet and all of that there's so much information out there so there are people who um might want to do it themselves and they feel knowledgeable but it gets a bit complicated now when you start thinking about your estate you know um putting a will together things like tax so all of these different factors fit into your financial plan and i can tell you now people study to master this thing so if you are an engineer you've mastered engineering um, allow your finances to be managed by someone who has put an effort to study and has experience in it. Trust them. Um, and, and also just find someone that you relate to because it is a long-term relationship. Um, you don't want someone that irritates you, doesn't respect you, wastes your time. You know, Really find someone who's qualified and interview your advisor. Interview them and make sure that they, they know what they're talking about. Of course, of course. I just think the I, I think maybe the image of financial advisors and planners has been tarnished by 
um, people who might be selling products, mm. you know, or people who get these huge commissions um, and people who have been stuck in products that haven't really made their money, but have made, I guess, their advisors money. And I guess it's just a industry-wide um, problem. Um, mm. But I guess financial literacy is, is at the core of, of all of it. Like when you know better, you, you do better. Um, and I'm assuming that uh, a certified financial planner <laughs> is, the, is, is, is the good kind of advisor as opposed to someone who's just selling products. That's hundred percent. I'd I'd say as an individual, if you're looking, um, maybe go to the Financial Planning Institute website, uh, because everyone there that's list they've got a directory. Everybody there is a certified financial planner. Um, that's that's one place to start. But even with them, interview them. You know, try find rapport and see. You know, are we are we connected or not? The industry really was tainted in the past. I think. Um, regulation has started uh, filtering some of these salespeople who are just selling and pushing product and churning business out of the, the industry. It is going to take a while. So we also need to take responsibility, right? And make sure that we don't just allow anyone to give us advice, like do your homework, interview the person and, and find out what, what they're bringing to the table, basically. Okay. Okay, okay. So that was just a, a very high level, <laughs> I guess, financial. How to find the right financial planner. That's what right. I should have called this podcast. <laughs> okay, but, but this is this is about you and your career journey. Okay. So you're at Alexander Forbes and and how did you then navigate through all the other places? Because that's not where you currently are. So mm-hmm. yeah, how has the rest of your career panned out? Because you started off as a junior financial planner. Yeah, how how have you gotten to where you are currently? Yeah, so I mean, my my career grew a lot in financial planning. I became a wealth manager. I moved to like a smaller brokerage. Um, And from there, I actually started realizing that as much as I like financial planning, I don't like giving the advice. You know, I like the the industry. So I think I'm, I'm more of an enabler in the industry than um, the person that should be sitting with them and giving her advice. Ah, I get you. You know, um, so then I moved to to Ellen Gray and I then started focusing on investments and was a business development manager there where I then started servicing financial advisors. So giving them investment updates and helping them with their practice management and, you know, building, you know, sustainable practices, basically. So a support system to the financial advisors. And and I, I did that for about three and a half years. But when I got to year two, something hit me and I, I realized like there's more that I can do. Like there's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really living my, my dream, my passion. Like I'm just sort of like going with the days. Um, and I started researching, you know, finance, financial sector and just like up and coming trends and all of that. And financial technology kept coming up, like it just kept popping up. So, yeah. so then I, I found a course with, with Saeed, which is the business school for Oxford University. Uh, they had a fintech course. And that's where like things just changed for me. My mind sort of shifted and I realized like, all of this investment and financial knowledge, I can bring it into the technology space and, and add value there. 
So that's where the dramatic change happened with COVID and all of that. Because last year in January, I decided to resign from from my my position at Ellen Gray without a job, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, did you resign in January of 2020 before COVID struck the yeah. South African shores? <laughs> yeah, I literally, I mean, who, who would have known that it's possible for the whole world to stop? Like, wow. Yeah, who would have guessed that? Yeah, sure. And you had no backup, hey? No, I mean, I had had conversations with people, with companies, with fintechs, and, you know, things were lining up. Um, and I was so confident that, ah, man, the first month, I'm literally just going to relax. It's a bit of a sabbatical, you know, detox yeah. from the stress. And then, you know, second month, I'm going to get a job. You know, I was yeah. just so confident. And COVID happened and all of the companies, I mean, all of them are basically startups. You know, fintechs are usually startups and they've got like... Yes. They don't have the capital to be playing around. So now when, when COVID happened, they all started telling me, look, we want you, but we're going to put this on ice, on ice, on ice, you know? Oh, my word, the stress. <laughs> How are you feeling when you were getting all these, we'd love to have you, but currently not possible? Not now. Not. I was starting to get frustrated. Um, I was really starting to get frustrated because I – um, so I'm, I'm a Christian, right? So a lot of the decisions that I made, including resigning, I had a lot of peace with it and I had spoken to God about it and I was comfortable mm -hmm. with, I knew things were going to work out. I didn't know how, but I knew, you know, so when COVID happened, I really was like, whoa, okay, this is a lot. I can't, you know, <laughs> but, but you can't not, you have to pick yourself up and keep moving. So yeah, so then I eventually in in June I got the job that I'm I'm currently in, um, which is also still in business development, but it's sort of it's very strategic. Hence the, the you you spoke about my title, strategic enablement manager. Um, it's really a sales role that is also connected to product development, and you're trying to understand what the industry wants and you're trying to find mm. new markets and, and just really try, you know, get our products out there in the best strategic way, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. And, and that's how I ended up in working for a FinTech company. <laughs> during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. I mean, but, but I guess testament to you and like the reputation you've built up for yourself in the industry um, that even during COVID, because June 2020 was still COVID, mm. that you still found an opportunity for yourself. So um, that 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 just sounds amazing. Um, but yeah, I guess that that's like you, you from a career perspective. I know there's a lot of work you're doing from a transformation perspective in the industry um, and you're winning awards. Um, so yeah, maybe just let us know a bit about the work you're doing from an industry-wide perspective. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, so from an industry-wide perspective, I think in the in the time where I wasn't working, I had to do something, right? I couldn't just sit and wait for work. So that's how I ended up <clears throat> starting Yellow Block, which is basically a financial literacy business where I would write articles for the Sowetan and I would 
sort of do webinars for, you know, companies that were looking for financial education. And from that, I, I started then interacting a lot with the Financial Planning Institute, um, which is basically holding the, the CFP accreditation. Um, that's the body. And, and doing some work with them, practice management work, and, and just trying to get the, the, the profession out there to people who are aspiring to be CFPs and people that are financial advisors but not haven't done the board exam. Um, and for me, it was very important for, for me to get the message out to Black women because the industry doesn't have a lot of black women. Um, it's actually very interesting. I was talking to, to someone and we were talking about pull her down syndrome, which is something that's common everywhere, right? But we, we literally made a joke about in our industry, like there aren't enough black women to pull down. So we don't even have that problem. Oh my Not God, really? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. But why Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think like um, black women aren't in the industry or participating in the industry? Where do you think they fall off? Because I'm assuming they do study the course and you find mm -hmm. them in, in varsities, but it's just not then translating um, through the industry. Oh, I wish I had the answer to that. I think, um, firstly, financial planning is hard in general, you know, for a young person. So entering the industry, <clears throat> you need clients. You get paid by having clients. So you need networks. Um, you need a lot of confidence to, to be able to approach people and say, hey, can I, can I talk to you about your money? <clears throat> money is very sensitive. So it's it's like I think it's it's the softer skills, like the building the confidence for someone to say, okay, so the next three to five years, I know I'm not going to be earning a lot, um, but I'm I'm laying the foundation so that I can build a proper practice that will enable me to to have enough clients that will sustain me. Um, we don't have you know, back up as black people often. This is a generalization, of course, but, you know, I, I can't go to my dad and say, yo, can I please, can you please borrow me a million rands? And then as my business grows, <clears throat> I'll pay it back. We don't, we don't often have that support. So there's just a lot of layers um, that prevent um, specifically black women because of the responsibilities we also have. To, to sacrifice, to make these sacrifices to build the business that will allow us to have the practice. So, um, yeah, so I think for me, it's important to, to address the softer skills with black women, um, hence the, the Lean In Women in Financial Planning that, that we started. It's, it's really, let's, let's talk, like let's sit around the table and let's talk. have a conversation and be real with each other. Yeah. Yes, yes. Let's have a conversation, be vulnerable, you know, and actually talk about things like imposter syndrome. Um, when you get into a room and it's all men and, you know, firstly, they size, some of them are sizing you up and, you know, how do you lean in and come to come to the table and actually say what's in your mind without being intimidated, without being insecure? Yeah you know yeah. yeah there's a lot oh, that's a whole I different love it. That yeah <laughs> I, I know I'm like but but but, I, but I'm loving that the work is starting and you guys are creating um the forms and you're having 
the the real conversations that we need to have. And I think sometimes um, a, a, as a group or as black women or as women in general, like um, there's certain things that you would particularly struggle with, which um, your male counterparts won't understand. <laughs> mm, so you yeah. can't even have those kind of conversations with them. So I no, I, I'm loving the work that you're doing um, from lean in women to to yellow block. Um, yellow block, for instance, um, if if someone wants to maybe interact with you from a yellow block perspective, how do people get in touch with you? Um, how does it work? Okay, so I had to when joining the fintech i had to put yellow block on ice for a little bit um because i had to like you know you're starting a new role and you you kind of, of have to focus and and do all of that stuff um but i think in the next few months just uh i plan to sort of start white labeling or you know ghost writing rather for for fintechs and um other financial literacy platforms that need content so it really wouldn't, it would, from, from the front end, it wouldn't look like Didi's the one that's, that's doing it. But then I really want to do it from the back end and say, and, and sell the content and, and push it out to these fintechs. Because often you'll find that the people that are putting these techs together um, don't have the investment knowledge, don't have the, the financial planning knowledge. So I think that's, that's like something that I want to add to the industry. So maybe if they can just follow me on LinkedIn and then watch the space and see how it develops. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Sure. That's a, I mean, you are entrenched in this um, industry. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that you're, you're doing and, and, and you plan on doing. Um, I guess for, for someone who's listening and they're like, sure, I actually didn't really know about the industry and that I could maybe like start my own business um, what advice would you give to to someone who's like, hmm, that sounds interesting. I I, I want to know more. Mm, I would say before you start the business, there's there's just so much knowledge and confidence and power that you get from working for for a, co a corporate. So there's there's a lot of support in the early stages of your career. Um, I would say really try push at least three to five years in a corporate environment. And while you're there, lean in and like entrench yourself and learn as much as you possibly can. So that when you do start your business, um, you've learned so much that really you just need a mentor or a coach of some sort that can help you through the challenges that you'll face in the business. But technical knowledge, um, don't take that for granted. Like it's, it's one thing to know the textbook. It's another thing to practically have lived it and and implemented it and seen it you know start from beginning to end so so um yeah don't take don't take corporate south africa for granted i think there's it, it has such a big value in the economy in 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 our growth as individuals as well yeah yeah no i absolutely love it so so yeah guys you can't just Take the shortcut. There's no shortcut. <laughs> There's value, <laughs> There's value in, in, in also understanding the industry that you operate in. Sure. Okay. Mm. I, I'm actually I'm actually loving this. Um so Didi, from your perspective, I guess you you know, someone might look at you and think, sure, she's she's a go-getter, she knows what she wants, um, very inspirational. Um 
what, who and what has, I guess, inspired you to be who you are um, today? Mm. Um, I think my parents definitely, you know, um, growing up and seeing the sacrifices that they made just to make sure that I go to a good high school, I go to university, I get an honors degree. I mean, you see these sacrifices when you're young, but I think as you get older, you start understanding them deeper, you know, when, when yes. you start, yeah. That kids you, are expensive. <laughs> kids are expensive, you know. So when, when your parents were telling you, um, I don't have money for this, and you ask for this, and they say, no, I don't have money. I mean, I, I once said to my parents, but so my parents used to get paid on the 15th, and I would ask on the 15th, and they'd be like, no, I don't have money. I don't have, and you're like, but you just but got like, paid. You just got paid. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't have money? <laughs> you know? <laughs> It is so funny. I also have like a similar story, like with with my mom. Um, she would also say like she she doesn't she doesn't have money, whatever. Uh, but I would go into her bag. I'm like, but there's money in here. I can see the money. It's right here. What do you mean? Come on. So I think like as you get older, you start acknowledging and appreciating, you know, the sacrifices and and that for me, inspires me to to work harder so that I can sort of also help them out. And, you know, as they get into retirement, I just want them to be comfortable, you know, so, yeah. so they know that their sacrifices weren't just wasted, basically. Of course, yeah. You know? And then I've got other other people that I look up to. And, I mean, I always, when I say this, people judge me so much. Like, I, I won't judge. Yeah. <laughs> But for me, like someone like Beyonce inspires me because again, like you just see that go-getter attitude. It's it's like she's just always on point pushing, you know, she can have a child, she can protect her family, but she's there doing what what resonates with her, what her passion is, and she excels in it, you know. Um Yeah, no no judging here, because I'm also a Beyonce stan. So Yeah. yeah and, and and I agree with you. I think it's it's always I, I love to watch people who are talented in what they do, but who are also just killing it. Like they are above and beyond everybody else in their category. And I think that is something that should be appreciated and it shouldn't be taken mm-hmm. um we shouldn't take it for granted at all. So, no, I agree. So, see, no judgment. I also agree. Beyonce, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And, I mean, then then it also goes back to, like, my inner circle. So, my, my friends, um, uh, some colleagues, you know, I just think that I, I've deliberately tried to surround myself with people who are about something bigger than themselves, you know. They're not just about... Um, I wake up, I go to work, I go home. I wake up, I go to work, I go home. But it's literally when they wake up, it's like, I've got this thing. I've got people that are relying on me. So I need to do better. I need to do good. I need to, you know, serve, basically. People with that serving mindset and hearts, like, those are the people that inspire me. So it's different pockets of people 
but it's really just people that when I when I interact with them, it's like you. I need you next to me because of you course, just being yeah. around you, I'm gaining so much. You know. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So no, no pull her down syndrome around you, hey? <laughs> nah, nah, no pull her down syndrome here, girl. I I literally <laughs> someone asked me about pull her down. Um, I was doing a panel uh talk. I think it was about three years ago. And someone asked me about pull her down. And I said, look, pull her down is actually about you, right? So you can come and try pull me down and pull me down. But how I respond to you will change that narrative. Because if if I also pull you down, then we're all just pulling each other down. But I can actually just be, try to be as self-aware as possible. And look, it's hard, right? If, if Debo comes every day in the office and she's pulling me down, like you're going to snap once or twice of course yes no. we're all human no we're matter how enlightened we may be <laughs> yeah but just try to protect your peace and just try try be the bigger person as much as possible you will have slip-ups we're human but um dude it really starts with you like it really really yeah. starts with you yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that message. Um, future plans for Didinte, um, are there any other aspirations? I know you're already doing so much, um, but it sounds like you are super ambitious, so I know there's <laughs> more time. I mean, even that female golf clothing brand, I'm just like, yeah. what is that? That's so exciting. That's, yeah, that's, that's future plans, definitely. Um, I've already started, like, investigating the different materials and like the patterns that I want but really when when playing golf like I realized I don't have a lot of options you know um so I'd like to make my own options basically and let's see where this goes I never thought yeah I never ever thought I would play golf firstly ever and I'm obsessed now so it's it's just you know something else and I mean the thing with me is once I start I don't start things that I don't feel passionate about so like once I'm in I'm in you know and I'm gonna do my best so yeah look out for for that brand um but uh for this year I actually deliberately when I when I put my vision board together for 2021 I want to focus on slowing down I want to focus on me I want to focus on like spiritual growth and just understanding myself better and just, you know, being at peace really with everything. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Because it is true. I mean, a lot of us are just so busy like getting on with our days um and and, and goal reaching and goal setting and it's always like go, go, go. Yay. And a lot of the time it's like you actually neglect self, you know, and and you don't focus on on the thing that is going to get you to reach all these amazing goals. So I think I'll I'll, I'll take a page out of your book for that one. <laughs> um, okay, so two more two more questions. Um, on this podcast, I ask all all my guests um, what they consider their superpower to be, since it's the superpower podcast. So um, yeah, for for you, what would you consider your superpower to be? So I don't know what it's called, but. I think I have the ability of sitting back and observing. And I think it's probably because of my personality. I'm an introvert. So sitting back, observing, processing, and then actioning. There's just so much power in 
keeping quiet sometimes it's it's actually needed <laughs> you and know listening and, and, listening. and yes 100% 100% you know? absolutely love that and if people are trying to get a hold of you if they like sure i want to connect with this amazing lady um where can they find you where can they look hmm. you up all that stuff yeah I'd say the best place is LinkedIn because I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Um, Didin Glemokonoto. Um, they can get me on Instagram as well. I think my handle is Dinkle underscore M. I hope it is. <laughs> 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 but definitely LinkedIn um, is the place and they're more than welcome to inbox me. I'm, I'm quite active on, on LinkedIn. Okay, fantastic. Well, this has been such an absolute pleasure getting to know about the financial planning industry and all the amazing things you're doing. And I can't wait to see um, what's in store for the next five, 10 years, because I know we're going to hear yeah. more of your name. So thanks so much for joining us on the Superpower Podcast, Didi. Thanks, Debs. It really was great chatting to you. Thank you so much. Hey? Cheers, guys. Look at you, you made it all the way to the end. Thanks so much for checking out the Superpower Podcast and listening to an incredible story of the amazing woman that we have in the country. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and like, comment, share on social media, share with your friends, share with your workers. Man, let's, let's spread the message. Let's spread the love. Um, Till next time, cheers.